The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, Pavan Brach is here. Serial entrepreneur in marketing, tech, and real estate development and a part-time farmer. Shelley Carroll is a Toronto City Councillor. And Amanda Galbraith is a principal at Navigator Communications and Strategies. Also the host of Free for All Fridays on the uh, Bell Radio Network. Okay, let's actually start with something that's about city councillors. And Shelley Carroll, you'll get the first shout here. Um, an idea that Toronto city councillors would get, I think it's $2,000 to install a home security system and up to 100 bucks a month to run it, which seems a little steep. I would imagine most city councillors have an alarm system already. Do you? Yep, yep. I've had one the, the whole 20 years I've been in office. Um, and those are all up to amounts. You're, you're right. My, my security system um, that I, I really love doesn't, uh, doesn't go anywhere near to $100 a month. And neither the setup didn't go to 2000 But there have been extreme cases in the past where uh, um, uh, counselors had to set up exactly the security system recommended by police, and and uh, and so the up to amount is is to cover those extreme cases. Yeah, I mean it's not a home security system, but for example, several MPs and I'd imagine some MPPs as well have personal alarm systems where they can summon, you know, a rescue if they're in some kind of danger. Amanda Galbraith, does it seem like a reasonable civic expense? I think it does, given just the rise of kind of threats against politicians or recently, like, you know, I haven't worked for actively worked in a political office for about seven years, other than like some volunteering. Um, but when I was in the mayor's office, like we did have threats um, in, in on against him um, and, you know, some of the even just some of the behavior um, by some of the protesters, candidly, like it, it was scary for me. So um, I think I, I agree. I think the price is a bit aggressive i don't know who has a well, security and, system and a hundred bucks a month but i think the sentiment behind it is valid and, and yeah well, yeah it's, and it, rem go ahead remember remember you have to present receipts you have to present receipts and things so it's it's you know they, they've they've made upset amounts but if, you, if it doesn't get spent it rolls back into the to the city's books and so it, they've just they've just said it so that they, they'd never have to come to council if went if it if it went higher than 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 a lower amount thing to remember is this you know um you can turn on youtube and you know when i'm not home um and uh, uh, you know, if it's if it's the daytime, you you uh, can look in my driveway, and everyone in your community knows where you live because you're the counselor, and you can see if the cars are gone. And politicians also, when they run, they have to demonstrate their familyhood, and so pretty soon, you know, you you're in a situation I was in when I first got in office, uh, uh, where I thought, okay, now I have to be concerned about the fact that people will know when my daughter, who was young when I first came in 20 years ago, is home alone, and that's that's where you you've got to be you've got to be smart about home. Okay, Pavan, last word on this one. Well, I'll make it quick. I 100% support it, obviously. It's, it's to me, it's, you know, the, these the politicians of all stripes, all levels work so hard. Their families are so committed. Uh, there's just absolutely no question that uh, that they need to be cared for and maybe go an extra step and, and even change legislation that provides an additional layer of, of prosecution option for, for anybody who does go after them. But I completely support it. Lots of takeaway from yesterday's Auditor General's report on the province of Ontario's spending. And I'll let you folks, you know, pick out whatever you think is 
was the most significant thing. There was certainly a lot about healthcare. Then we got into the whole Science Centre Ontario Place business. And maybe the funnest thing to talk about has to be the fact that we're not being tested properly for our driver's licenses, which is actually leading to more accidents. Amanda, you can go first. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember um, I went to the Windsor School of Motoring when I was 17 or 16 <laughs> to get my driver's license. And I was taught by a truck driver. He was great. I still use some of the stuff he taught me. But we like practice parallel parking. Um, and it's a skill I use like, all the time in the city. I may, I feel like an old person, but I'm like, I don't know why we're not testing for that. I think it's important. Um, so, yeah, I think that's 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 pretty mission critical to me as far as just like we should be testing people appropriately it's the roads you know you're driving around in a like essentially like a two-ton vehicle that can kill people so i think we should take it seriously and then on the nurse i will say this on the hospital thing i mean we like we do not pay our nurses enough um you know freezing their salaries for the length that we did and then giving them a joke of a bonus to me was just i think it's i think it was ridiculous um i know there's court challenges around this but you know this is what happens that you end up like nurses will leave even though there's great pensions in their jobs um and get paid significantly more as staffing agencies so either we pay them properly in the jobs that we want them to do or they will do what they need to do to provide for their families. So I think it's time for the government to step up and pay them properly. Yeah, Pavan, I don't blame nurses for engaging what I call, and you know, I think it's a racket. I mean, you're working in a hospital, you go and work for an agency, they send you back to the hospital, you're getting more money, so good on you, but then they bill that plus you know, a premium. And all of a sudden, on the public ticket, this is costing us a fortune. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's unfortunate, and it's and you know they're they're trying to avoid working uh, overnight and things like that. They don't want those shifts, and uh, but yeah, listen, John, I I would say that I was disappointed in the Auditor General's report in the sense that you know he he just really kind of touched on those issues and and a few others, but I mean he he failed to address the most fundamental issue, which is that our healthcare system is completely broken, and uh, you know I think I think it it it's something that obviously one Auditor General's report is going to solve, but the these are all symptoms of a of a bigger system, and I and I would say that the the fundamental issue to me is that uh, you know that he didn't call out is the fact that you know there are ways for us to address uh, you know private uh, private delivery uh, that's publicly funded you know and I think I think all of the politicians if we really want to solve these problems we have to sit down and have a mature conversation because most of our healthcare in Ontario is privately delivered by our doctors and our and our friends etc. I mean I have a I have a friend who's operating a cardiac unit that provides diagnosis in Mississauga and he and 29 cardiologists are delivering publicly paid services with nurses that are happy uh, and they're seeing up to 1,000 patients a day and again I stress publicly funded and it's it's be- it's a beautiful operation you don't you know they're forced to use faxes because of the art you know the arcane nature of our of our system still but otherwise it is an incredible positive experience and and the governments and the politicians need to put aside this public private fight and name calling and start to to, to, to properly analyze how we're executing Healthcare, Shelly Carroll. Yeah, but that, your takeaway? 
I think people are happy to, to, to analyze it. But the, the fact remains, even though that service may be good, we're shutting down emergency wards because the overall total number of people willing to work in the healthcare sector has shrunk so far. We're shutting maternity wards. We're shutting emergency wards. And that's, that's the stuff that's so compelling yeah. in this report because it's finally documented. And so what that means is we can look at other models, but the overall supply has to be addressed. And that means looking at how we make it possible to educate yourself to do these jobs. Are we doing a good job of that? The report also talks about shrinking the abilities and the resilience of all of our post-secondary institutions because they're now 100% reliant on international student revenue, and they're not coming to do health care sector jobs. And so it, it gives us a catalog that says if we want to look at these new models, we still need the bodies to serve. Yeah, Shelley, if I could quickly, just connecting the dots. The issue a lot of times, unfortunately, is that people are not being cared for. Obviously, they don't have family doctors. They don't have facilities outside of the eMERGE. And that's forcing them, unfortunately, into the eMERGE, which is causing it to shut down and, and, and overload. And the other issue is, I mean, if even if you well, take a look both. at it. Yeah, so I, we need both is all. I'm just connecting the yeah, yeah, we do need both. I'd love to look at new models, but we need the bodies to do both models. Basic motor vehicles are getting bigger and bigger, more importantly, higher and higher. I was looking at a Chevy pickup truck yesterday, and I'd say the top of the hood probably is, you know, on a measure with my shoulder. And apparently this is proving much deadlier to pedestrians. Shelley Carroll, I don't know if there's anything that can be done about it. People just like, seem to like big vehicles. Yeah, well, certainly I can't do anything at the municipal level, but, you know, it's good to get this data out there and, and maybe it becomes a growing trend because ultimately, um, you know, whoever does uh, have any legislative power over how vehicles are, are designed does have to start looking at, at how people die. I know that, you know, this is the, the most dangerous time of year. Uh, when when clocks fall back, that's when I start reminding people to please drive carefully because that's when pedestrians are most at risk. But if you're in one of these high vehicles, you, you're you almost a death machine unless you're thinking, okay, I'm in this this beautiful truck, but it is late November and I've, I've got to keep my eyes peeled for pedestrians because they just if we have more and more pedestrians on the road who've never driven a car and that's the most dangerous pedestrian because it, it honestly doesn't occur to them i'm all dressed in black and the light is totally flat add to that now it's raining i, I i've got to be careful so we we need to either redesign the vehicles or really get at uh, cars and pedestrians understanding each other amanda galbraith the pickup truck is now the most popular vehicle in north america and i don't know what percentage it would be but most people driving them don't actually need a pickup truck <laughs> I, I will say i think pickup trucks aren't you know, there are pickup trucks that are just like a flatbed and, you know, a bench seat at the front. But, um, you know, I've got a family member that's, that has one of these like, quote unquote, pickup trucks, but it's, you know, like seat six. The It's like a very elaborate SUV. Um, so I, I understand the popularity of it. They're highly functional. If you've got a family, you're hauling hockey equipment and this and that, and you've got multiple, you know, car seats in the back. Um, that being said, that same vehicle that my family member loves, and I totally understand. Um, I'm as I literally the front of the hood is as tall as me. I'm five foot four. Like it is, it is wild. Like I stand in front of it. I'm like, you wouldn't see me if if you were coming at me. So 
Um, I think we need to, I don't think we should be, uh, one thing I, I find risky about this is that, you know, I've seen some of these articles where people vilify truck drivers or people that drive SUVs in these vehicles. Like a lot of families need them for function. Um, but at the same time, I do think, you know, when we talk about the design of the front ends that frankly, you're just aesthetically pleasing as opposed to actually fun. Like it's actually, you know, less aerodynamic. Uh, maybe we need to revisit some of that. I'm not sure if that's a government role, but if people are educated, maybe they vote with their feet. I want to leapfrog to one last topic. I don't know that everyone will get to weigh in on it, but Pavan, I'll start with you. A woman in Ohio who threw a burrito bowl at an employee at Chipotle was sentenced to go and work in a fast food restaurant. Does that make any sense? It makes tons of sense. I loved it. I loved it. I, I wouldn't have supported it if I didn't read that the server who was hit in the face uh, also agreed with the sentence. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's poetic. It's poetic justice. And I thought it, I thought it was a great solution. Well, Amanda, I guess it's going to be a lesson in being a frontline employee, because I don't know that anybody who hasn't worked the counter in a fast food restaurant or elsewhere has ever imagined how abusive it is. Yeah, I, honestly, like I, I was very, I was a, the terrible server because I'm, I'm really bad at math. And back then, we didn't have <laughs> cell phones you could do calculations on. Um, but you know, that brief period of my life um, has forever uh, indebted me to, to servers. Um, I was a sales clerk, um, which is why I actually think those jobs are so important because it, te- it should teach you empathy and understanding of what folks are going through. So yeah, don't, don't throw your food like you're not a toddler. Um, and I think this is some poetic justice. I hope that person uh, learns a good lesson about what life is like on the other side. Thank you all. Good to have you this morning. Shelly Carroll, Pavan Brach, and Amanda Galbraith. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.